Good morning, and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumser. Hey, Stacey. Morning, John. How are you doing? I am as good as you can be if you spent uh, eight of the last 10 days in Las Vegas. <laughs> welcome to the land of sand and lights, right? <laughs> sand and light. It's what I, I am at this IBM Think conference, and it is it is a stunning artificial intelligence extravagant. Maybe maybe this is art, artificial intelligence of Palooza or something. This is, this is a big deal here. <laughs> well, that sounds like fun. I'm in Dallas this week. I'm at the um, Oracle HCM World Users Conference. Um, not quite as much sand, but still quite a bit of sun here. Um, so uh, I, I won't complain, considering that on the East Coast right now, they're still getting a lot of snow. But yeah, um, we're definitely in the throes of the travel season and lots of events going on. So we'll have some, some big updates from that this week and next couple of weeks. So are you speaking there or are you just uh, uh, soaking in all the information they're sharing? Oh, this, this has been a, a pretty spectacular thing for me. Um, I, I gave a, a long talk and a short talk and was on a couple of they're really they're really an amazing group to work with. The, the, there's a very professional team of people who handle all of this um, communications technology. Okay? Uh, for every kind of speaking video shoot, it's it's amazing. It's a very very media literate company, and and. Every time I interacted with them, their team made me better, right? And and that's that's an extraordinary way to to treat somebody who is uh, a guest coming to talk to you. Um, and I was I, I've never had an experience like this. It was really really amazing. What what I told somebody is, if I could have AI that made me better in the way that IBM has made me better in the last four or five days, I'd do a lot to get that, right? Because because I, I was freed from, from constraints so that I could reach higher levels of performance. It was extraordinary. It was extraordinary. I, I, am, I, I am delighted by that experience. Well, um... Are they announcing any sort of big sort of announcements with the AI conversation there as well? Or is this, this more sort of a let's make sure everybody's aware of what's happening? Because it sounds like there was a lot of people at this event, right? Oh, man. They're, 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 I heard, I heard 40,000. And all I know, you know, this is in the Mandalay Hotel. And there are every single... Uh, conference room in the Mandalay Hotel, plus every single conference room in the MGM Grand and all of its conference centers, plus uh, meeting rooms in the Aria, I think. Um, so, so it is. It, it's massive. I, I don't think anybody can see anything like the whole thing. Um, and and so and so so it's big big population. The announcements I thought were really interesting. They announced partnerships way more than they announced products, and um, the, uh, and and like like in the chairman was here. There were 
20,000 people in the auditorium, standing room only in this huge rock star kind of place. And the big parts of her story had to do with relationships with Apple and Workday. And, and then after she was done, it was, it was, it was a, a remarkably scripted thing. And, and with, with moving parts, I guess it was like, it was like a 90 minute um, television show really followed by the same sort of treatment by the head of technology. And the very first thing that he talked about was their relationship with NVIDIA, um, which is graphics processing. And yeah. as close as I can get to what they're talking about is something like um, graphics processing is better for running the calculations that make AI successful. So, so the places where AI is, is successful are places where there are established rules and protocols, and you can figure out what they all are, and and then you can calculate all this. You can calculate all of it. It's the same basic principle as Google, um, and um, you can you can take that information and move it faster if you move it in the way that you move graphics rather than the way that you move traditional data around a um, traditional chip. So oh, that's interesting. So that, right, right. And, and so, so I wish I was smarter. I wish I was smarter. But the basic idea strikes me as a very different way of processing. And so you start to see that, that at some level, there's a hardware competition going on underneath all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it doesn't get showcased very well, uh, but but really interesting people are lining up to do this. And so, so the Apple involvement, as I understand it, is for interface quality, right? Um, yeah. And so and so for Apple to be partnering with somebody on interface quality. Uh, in AI, so something about both companies that's pretty interesting. That that they realize that that this is so big that nobody can do this by themselves. Yeah. From from getting it started in, in your company to the biggest people involved in it, this is a project that requires that we make partners with people. And, and yeah. what's cool about that? Is that is that that's the IBM culture, right? That's what IBM famous for. They're a great partnership company. I actually had this conversation this week with um, Calagunas from IEC. We were talking about the fact that so much of the buying decisions right now is being based on the partnerships organizations have with application software providers, right? But I think right. you're hitting on something that's really, really important, which is this infrastructure partnership conversation, right? Or the, the hardware partnership conversation, which is going to be even bigger in some cases as we, you know, the limitations right now to AI is, is almost at this point a limitation of how much processing you can do, right? Which, although it seems like we have unlimited processing, um, there was another story later earlier on that I had um, been looking at. It was talking about streaming, you know, artificial intelligence, you know, dialogues. And I'm thinking, 
you know, this is this is the next generation. We're not there yet, right? Because it has to move faster. It has to be able to do things at you know the speed that we just haven't been able to get to yet. So it'll be interesting to watch, right? Yeah. I, so so so, do you mind if I run down a little rabbit hole here? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure. It's 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 interesting that you framed, framed the the speed and processing capacity are the shortfall. And I think that's true in any system where there, you, where you can discover a finite set of answers. As long as you can find, you know, it could be the biggest number you could ever imagine, but as long as it's a finite number, then you can compute it. What happens in human resource and organizational environments is that you get, I don't know, there isn't such a thing as an infinite number, but 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 the permutations that are possible in um, human relations are, from what I can tell, infinite. They're infinite, and and you run into a really big problem when you try to treat it like it's a mapping problem, because what what human systems are good at doing is reinventing themselves from moment to moment, and so that means the rules are always changing, and that the history is 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 only somewhat relevant to the future. And and past the past is only somewhat relevant to the future. When you're in roads or money or um, uh, even even cancer research where there's there's a finite number of molecules, you know, and and you can get you can get there with, with that, I think. Uh, but what happens to human beings when there's a new boss and how that changes the way that decisions are made? Uh, I, don't, I don't know that you can calculate that, uh, no matter uh, how many cycles you have. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. It's, it's interesting. A lot of the conversations I've had here this week in Dallas at the Oracle event, you know, they, they've had some announcements and some new technology, but most of it has been sort of taking artificial intelligence and embedding it in you know, what you would almost call the the in-between spaces in HR, right? The places where it makes the most sense. You know, their theory is not so much the idea of AI sort of as an underpinning, but more AI as, as sort of making the workflow better, right? But the conversations I've been having with most of the practitioners, and this is a very practical event, only about 2,200 um, people here, which is a good number, and they're all focused on HR, and they're all people who have a vested interest in making HR technology work in their organizations, right? Um, and the conversations have been mostly about what's happening to their organizations once they focus on digitization, once they do some sort of a transformation. Everyone's in the middle of a transformation or has already gone through one, right? And now they're saying, look, now we have new roles for our HR technology people that we haven't really explored before this. We have new roles that our managers have to take on that we haven't really explored, and new roles that the employees have to take on that we haven't really explored. That seems to be the big conversation here at um, Oracle, is not so much what the technology can do, but what happens after the technology is in place, because it's coming. And, and everyone I talked to said, you know, even if we're behind, we're, we're doing something now at this point. Does that, is that sort of fit with where you're at, do you think, John? Is that a, is that a conversation that we're just not having enough about what the human sort of uh, experience is going to be with all this? 
Well, so so a couple of things. Would you very quickly tell me what you mean by transformation? Mm-hmm. Uh, so people have been through a transformation. You know, just just a couple of sentences about about. I hear that word all the time. I don't think I know what it means. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't think it's well defined. I mean, my sense of it when I talk to most organizations is that they have basically, um, they've gone through a technology or an HR um, uh, model transformation, which basically means that they've gone from sort of almost like a first generation HR to a second generation HR, where they've gone from a personnel department that was focused on just, you know, data administration to an organization that's focused on leveraging the data in uh, user experiences, the employee um, sort of uh, life cycle, all of those things are now part of the conversation. There was a great, great presentation um, yesterday on the um, uh, main stage here where the, the gentleman talked about the fact that he was creating an ecosystem and then he realized that he had to think differently about HR technology, not as a just a tool, but as a facilitation, you know, uh, capability. And so I think to me, that's what I would identify as these these transformation efforts, the idea of taking HR okay. basically to a leadership role. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That, so 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 I don't think as much of that has gone on as as it sounded, but but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are multiple other ways to think about the intersection of HR and AI, right? One way, the the way that you described, I would say, let's take the existing processes and make them smarter. And in taking the existing processes and making them smarter, um, we can accomplish all sorts of efficiency, right? So So it's a view of AI as a way to do more with less. There's another, there's another view of AI, which I think is expressed by ultimate software, which is um, the point of AI is to make you better and make the organization better, not, not improve existing stuff. It may involve un, undoing things, um, and the focus is on individuals rather than the silos that they work in. Um, so it's about the development of a person through finer tuned programming designed to make that person better. Now, I'd never experienced an organization that did that until I I went to IBM, but that's what Ultimate Software is talking about, is is they're not talking really about making processes more efficient. They're talking about making people more effective. Right? And so those, that's really two very different views of what you can do. And I think that some of the, um, like Ascendify, who, who is releasing a, a career assistant that's pretty awesome, um, Ascendify, their idea is to create an AI system pretty much from scratch that does everything. Right, and so and so so it's not as clear whether it's effectiveness or non-effectiveness because they're blurring the lines between silos, as people like um, Instruction with their bridge product, um, and so 
So that's at least three different ways that you can think about AI in, in this setting. And I bet there are more. Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. And, and you know, one of the things that there's been a lot of conversation about here at the Oracle event is the CEO's perspective on all this, right? And without a doubt, you know, um, the, the conversation that we had with, with Mark Hurd, who is the, the president of the, the cloud, you know, division here at Oracle, you know, the focus that he's looking at the enterprise applications and his perspective is that he really wants the HR tool to be in the hands of management and in the hands of the operations team. And he wants HR to be facilitators and he feels AI is the tool they're going to use to be the facilitator. And I think to your point, from his perspective, it is making it more efficient. It is using historical data to, to be able to predict the future in the way that it can. But he's very aware and, and he's mentioned, you know, it there are limitations to it. And the focus for him is is how do you ensure that you can um give a good story to the CEO about what type of savings, what type of improvements you're going to get. That's a dialogue that's easy to understand by, by executives, right? I think the other stories you're talking about are a lot harder uh, from an education perspective, right? Well, so, so you can't save money with AI when you first install it. It takes a really long time to see the return because when you first install it, you can't trust it. And so in order to install it, you have to hire more people, not fire people. You have to keep the people who are doing the stuff in their job. And you have to hire people with a new set of skills to manage the AI in order to get to, say, the first year. Because the moment you fire the people who used to do the job, you're now completely dependent on the AI. And I'm not sure a year is a long enough period to tell whether or not it works. I I certainly wouldn't turn decision-making in my company over to somebody on a one-year trial, <laughs> even on really small things. And with, with a guarantee of lifetime employment for that person and no clear way to back out of the relationship and a dismissal of the people who are doing it, that's, that's outsourcing. And it's outsourcing of decision-making. <laughs> you, you know, nobody's going to do that, right? And you can't, you can't make that sale. Well, well, and I, and I think maybe, maybe you're sort of running into the AI is going to take on those roles. I think what, what I'm hearing more is AI is going to help you optimize the work you're currently doing. So not get rid of people making those decisions, but to your point earlier, make the people who are making those decisions, give them the tools, the information they need to make better decisions so they can maybe decrease, you know, we had a conversation earlier, you know, with Hilton about the fact that, you know, they're looking at, you know, much higher levels of adoption of the HR technology today um, because the the learning is easier to access, you know, access um, than it ever was before. So now, instead of people spending time trying to figure out what type of training to taking, they just go in and take the training, and that reduces time there. So it, I guess it just depends on, on, on what you're trying to accomplish. Um, on the other hand, I think, you know, the other thing that we're, we're seeing in a lot of this stuff is that um, 
all of it takes data. I mean, one of the announcements this week was Workday and Slack having uh, created a partnership. And I was sort of intrigued by this because now, now they're saying it's a unique partnership. You can tell your joke later, John, about what <laughs> unique means. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's, it's a partnership where when you're in Workday, you can actually go out and do searches in Workday and access data from Slack and vice versa. When you're in Slack, you can do things to, to interact with the Workday environment. Um, and they're saying they're going to embed even deeper integrations down the road. This is a big announcement for them because Workday does a lot of partnerships, but this is a really tight partnership, it seems. And the thing about something like Slack, which is sort of an office communication tool supposed to replace your emails, is it has data if it's used effectively, right? And so my sense is, is that part of the reason Workday wants to create this relationship is to have a more social tool built into their environment, but also to have access to the data. Everything we're talking about, data is the new, the new um, requirement to do any of the things that we're talking about in AI, right? Well, so what's really interesting about this, really interesting about this, um, is much of the, like if, if you were to go to look at Ultimate, Ultimate's view is that you can collect employee sentiment from surveys and free text analysis. What, what um, Workday stumbles into here is the entire communications flow around the water cooler, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's where employee sentiment is expressed more freely than in a survey or in a formal feedback cycle of some kind. Uh, and so, so it's possible to get a more refined calibration on employee sentiment by looking at the Slack channel. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, really and you know, sort of another take on this is in the Oracle. The, the, one of the big announcements that I thought was interesting with the Oracle this week was they're doing um, – more investments in their help desk tools, and they're doing advanced HCM controls, which is basically a pre-built library of best practices and security dashboards and workbench tools that allow people to get in and actually manage who has access to this data, right, through particularly for things like GDPR, which we've talked about in the past, um, and SOX regulations. But the idea that you have access to to the data, whether that's through help desk, sentiment analysis, feedback tools, or something like Slack, the next question becomes, how do you manage the access to it and who gets to see it, right? Which is the big challenge we just are seeing right now with Facebook and Zuckerberg, right? Right, right. And, and, that, and that refines down to um, individual permissions. You, you know, this is, actually, this is sort of the thing that Workday was, was working on over the past couple of years, where you have everybody working in the same shared database with permissions at the intersection of the user and the cell that has data in it um, as the place where you do security. And, and by doing that, then every person has a unique view of the data, possible to share views of the data while respecting uh, boundaries. Um, yeah, that's 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 really interesting. Hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna see more of this. I mean, I mean, the the different perspectives on AI is going to. There's no right or wrong in this. I think that's the thing that that 
at least I got out of your research is that this is so nascent that we're all trying to find our way through it. But it also means that businesses are going to have to make decisions, not just on features and functions and technology, or even to some extent relationship, which is where they're making it now, which is, you know, your culture, which is very IT focused, or your culture, which is very workforce center focused. I'm, but they really should be starting to make decisions based off these vendors' approaches to um, AI, to, to some extent, their, their, their underlying models for AI. And I may not be saying that very clearly, but this is, there's a next generation of how you should look at companies that you want to work with, I think, is what's happening here a little bit, right? Oh, you're exactly right. Exactly right. The, what's happening right now is, is people are getting in, customers are getting into relationships with providers that are going to be very, very long relationships. Because there are a multiple number of ways to solve any particular problem, particularly with human beings. Um, and the approach that people take will direct their um, development efforts for decades, decades. Um, <laughs> and so, so, so when you get on board with a company that's got um, its tentacles in your operation and working with the data inside of your operation, it's going to be way easier to grow with them than it is going to be to grow against them. And yeah. Uh, and so, so this is this is marriage that we're talking about, and and choosing a partner wisely in the very beginning is going to be just absolutely critical. Yeah, very much so. You know, we just have a few minutes, and maybe we'll just make a note of a couple other uh, news things that are that are happening that people should be aware of. Um, one is. Um, Allie, I think it's Allie O or Allie. I, I, I see it both ways in the article, so I'm, I'm going to say Allie O um, is a um, AI recruiter. Uh, it's a it's software that's been in development. I don't think it's been out to general public yet. They're, they do have a couple customers on their website. Just announced $14 million in funding from both Bain Capital, Randstad, Gradient Ventures, and Google's AI Fund. I, I think the thing that, that – sort of hit both me and you when we went to sort of their site is that um, they're very much uh, an organization. I think they have Google and MIT engineers who are, who are starting this uh, function up. So it's something to watch and see. I, I don't know that I'm comfortable with an AI recruiter sort of taking on the next steps, but we'll learn more about them over time. Um, also, there's some interesting things happening in the Asia-Pacific market. For those who follow Ramco, which is an ERP platform provider, um, they're doing a big investment in an in innovation, you know, um, center in Melbourne. They're calling it the Asia Pacific Center of Excellence for Workforce Innovation. Um, there's been a lot of conversation about Asia Pacific becoming the next sort of leader in artificial intelligence. Um, conversation me and you probably will have over the next couple of months about, you know, where is the center of change taking place? Where are we seeing all the innovations coming out of um, China in particular, but Asia Pacific market as a whole, I think is, is hoping that they'll be able to take the lead on this. There's a couple of different perspectives on that. Bramco's doubling down on this by basically putting an innovation lab in Melbourne with that idea. 
Um, so, so a couple of, of new things happening this week that are worth, I guess, watching. So just to, to keep in, in mind. Any any other news from the from the IBM event, John? That you think we should be aware of before we wrap up today? No, I I, I gotta tell you that I, that I am pretty impressed with the the watch and recruiting products, and um, they have a fascinating approach here. They have a fascinating approach here on the on the China topic. I, I don't know how to think about. What is dominant player in AI as a country? That's a really interesting question. There's a lot of press suggesting that that China is going to do that. Um, that 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 really bears a lot of thought. That's 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 a really good question to close with. Actually, how do you make sense out of that? You know, it, it it it's something I think to have a, a conversation about. That what, what was interesting to me is there was a report put out. Um, by uh, Future Today Institute, uh, Amy Webb. Some people follow her. Some not. She's not sort of as big as the the Meeker report. But her conversation is that you know there's going to be nine big companies who control the future of artificial intelligence, and a number of them come out of the Asia Pacific market. Tencent, which is out of the Asia Pacific market, they do. I don't know them as well. B A I D U, Alibaba, which many of us know, uh, Amazon. Google, Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, and IBM, where you are at, John. So you are in the right place, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, and I think each of those companies has a very different view of how this works. Yeah. yeah. But that's what's really interesting, is they actually have a different idea, each of them. Hmm. And very wow. different views on security and um, data privacy as well. So I think that's the other side of this picture, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're we're going to have an endless supply of things to talk about for the next couple of years, Stacey. <laughs> we are, we are. I don't, I don't think that this uh, that will run out of of important topics. But um, next week, um, I'll be at the Learn event um, and and a and a uh, Cornerstone Convergence event in um, Nashville. Uh, which, by the way, I think the time we can keep, John, so we don't have to worry about moving our time next week. I, I was looking at my uh, schedule. And, and where will you be at next week? Are you home or are you going to be you, you know what, You know what? I have I have a home week, and then it's six weeks in a row. So thanks for doing this, Stacey. This has been a great show. Definitely. Yeah. Always so, enjoy having these conversations. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, one step closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumser. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you here next week. Bye-bye now.